Welcome to the After Message edition of our Westridge podcast. Each week our goal is to have an open and honest conversation around the scripture and principles shared in the teaching here on Sunday mornings at Westridge Church. So glad you're listening into our conversation today. And now, here is your host for today's podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to the Westridge Podcast. I'm Julie Rape and I'll be your host today on the After Message Edition, where we dig a little deeper into the message that was preached this week at Westridge. So we're studying through the book of Mark on Sundays right now, and yesterday, Pastor Todd Hampton, our high school pastor, taught on Mark 1, 14 to 20. So that'll be our content today. But before we jump into the nitty gritty of that, I have a couple of guests with us that I'd like to introduce you to. So first I have um, my friend Barbara Hightower. Hey, Barbara. Good morning. Good morning. And Tanya Monroy. Good morning. Tanya's been with us once before, but this is Barbara's first time on the podcast. And both of these ladies are in my Thursday morning women's group. And um, I love them. We have gotten so close, huh? Absolutely. We dig in. So this is kind of a normal thing for us just to be talking around the scriptures and wrestling through and and sharing our thoughts and experiences and all of that kind of stuff. Um, Why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about you, like how long have you been at Westridge and what are maybe some of the areas you serve in? Okay. Um, I've been at Westridge for about three years now. Um, On and off, we moved up from Florida and I have served so far in missions and a little bit with the children's ministry. Because of the seasonal life I'm in, um, it's hard for me to commit, but I am feeling more and more convicted. Um, But I'm a busy grandma and mom, and I travel back and forth to Florida a little bit too much is what I'm finding to get connected. So Mm -hmm. that's a desire of my heart to get Mm -hmm. connected more. Okay. And I've been um, coming to Westridge for about, it's been on and off about four years, but consistently about about three years. And... um, I um, am serving on the um, first-time guest uh, kiosk, and um, I love doing that, and I haven't been able to be completely committed to that because of my work schedule, mm-hmm. but um, hopefully I can get that situated and and get back in doing it like consistently. Yeah, and Tanya also serves periodically back in our glass atrium. So yeah. when we have people come back that have made spiritual decisions or have questions about the Bible, Tanya's back there to help them through that. So that's awesome. Okay, so as we jump in today, um, Todd explained the context of the passage by reminding us that Jesus coming on the scene was really long awaited, and he was calling people to repent and believe. So he focused on the fact that James and John were repairing their nets when Jesus called them to follow him. And he shared that whether we're in a season of just working in normal everyday life or in a season of repairing some broken pieces of our lives, Jesus is inviting us, you and I, to enter in and that and encouraging us that we have a part to play. So I really want to talk about um, verse 17, when uh, Jesus tells them, he says, I will make you fishers of men or fishers of people. So <clears throat> that really leads into an evangelism conversation. What did you guys think? Because after church, I was talking to some people, and I felt like everyone that I talked to felt so convicted. Right. What did you guys think about that? Okay, so for me... <laughs> I did, I did, I do see how people can, would feel convicted in, like, because of that message, Mm -hmm. but I felt convicted, but also kind of comforted with the whole message, because um, Todd pointed out something that, I've read this scripture, like, so many times about when uh, Jesus is calling his disciples 
to come follow him. But mm-hmm. I've never noticed the detail that was in that scripture about how um, uh, John and James were mending their nets. And I'm thinking, and the way he like kind of correlated that was mm-hmm. like, if you're in a season of working the way um, the first two disciples that mm-hmm. he called were working and mm-hmm. then mending their nets, um, the other two disciples mending their nets, like that season of life, you're kind of repairing something that's broken. Yeah. Um, that was comforting to me because a lot of the times it's like you you don't feel worthy enough to to go and and like, like to evangelize or to like share the gospel. Uh-huh. And I felt like that was comforting to me. So it wasn't just convicting; it was also comforting. That's good. Yeah, and I think that what you're saying is um, very true. And I think we're almost in both seasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time in our lives, we are working, we're striving maybe, but we're also working on what's happening in the reality of our life. Um, There's not a time when I feel like I'm all in either way, Um, but I did like that analogy that God can use us no matter where we are Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that we just have to be open. He's inviting us. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we're listening, he's going to give us those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that's where that Mm -hmm. big prayer comes in. Okay, God, Mm -hmm. it's a new day. Use Mm -hmm. me today. Give Mm -hmm. me some divine appointments. And that's a courageous prayer to pray because you never know what God's going to do with that. Yeah, I think a couple things from what you said um, that we're in both seasons. I think because we know that we we may have a burden to evangelize, but none of us, I, I don't know anyone that would say, I'm doing it. Right as often as I should be or to the level I should be. So there's that balance there. But um, also, so I wanted to mention Tony Evans. I was looking up some com- mm. commentary on this, and I found one of his, and it, he talked about, he said that Jesus used the occupation of Simon, Peter, and Andrew to challenge them to follow him. And God will often do something similar when he calls us to become his disciples. He'll link our backgrounds and experiences to his purpose for our lives. Mm. And so... Um, I think that's so true, and that is comforting, because yeah. I think people, and myself included at times, we get overwhelmed with the thought of evangelism because we think, I'm not qualified, I don't mm-hmm. know enough, exactly. I'm going to look stupid, they're going to ask me something and I don't have the answer to. But when we really just know that God knows who we are, He knows yes, what we know, exactly. what we don't know, Like, but He uses our everyday life, our experience. If we just are real with people, like, I don't know everything, but I know this. This is who I was, and I encountered Jesus, and this is what He's done. And so then to use our everyday lives and really kind of the thought process of sharing Jesus where we live, work, and play. Like you're a nurse, Tanya. And so I know you've shared a lot of times that, you know, just even your opportunity to pray with patients yes. or, you know, encourage them in with the scriptures and different things. And um, Barbara, with you being a teacher, I mean, all the time you right. use that mm-hmm. opportunity, that occupation mm-hmm. to is an opportunity to share Jesus. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. But you know, Jesus's goal was to love and reach people, mm-hmm. and that's what he wants our goal to be. Mm-hmm. And so I was, um, I'm always struck by the immediacy of their obedience. Yes. That yes. they left their dad like on the boat and yeah. just their job, they just walked off site and just went. They said and, immediately they yeah. dropped their nets and So that. that's where yeah. it always yeah. like convicts me or just. It, it's noticeable to me, you know, that stands out to me that they were like, 
yes, sir, let's go. <laughs> like, you know. And that's when God is able to use you when you're obedient, when mm-hmm. he's when he's called you, when he's moving you to do something mm-hmm. that the the obedience is what makes it's it's what makes all the difference. If you if you just do it immediately, not think so much about yeah. it and just just move right yeah, then just and move. there. Yeah. I mean that's when it's it's that's when he's he's able to use you. Yeah. I think one of the main points with all of that that I get out of verse 17, um, come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. I think we, a lot of times my focus has been on, oh, fishers of men, I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do. But it says, Jesus' words were, I will yes. make you. Mm-hmm. Hello. That's so good. He is not going to send us off to do something that he's not going to equip us to That's do. Right. And he knows what's going on. He knows we don't feel adequate. He knows what's going on in our life. He knows our story. And so when we pray that prayer, and we ask for opportunities, he's taken all of who we are mm-hmm. and going to put that together with who it is he wants to reach. Um, I think that Todd, um, sometimes I write my own notes and sometimes I write <laughs> his, and I think what I got from this was they had to learn from Jesus. Um, and his mission was all about people. It's about mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And especially in our culture, we get so caught up in so much stuff that is so unimportant, where all he wants us to do is to look around and just have a heart for the people he's put in our lives. Um, I was also so an Uber driver for a short while when we moved here. And um, we would drive down the road when I wasn't working. And my husband would be like, what are you talking about? Because I'm seeing people walk. And I'm like, that person doesn't really want to walk. They don't have a car. They are doing that because they have out of necessity. Let's uh-huh. just stop and pick them up. And he's like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but I kept my Christian fish um, hanging from my rearview mirror Why I Ubered. And I'm going to tell you, probably 75% of my um, people that I picked up, we had spiritual conversations. And I could tell you story after story after story because people want to know we care about them. Yeah. And to me, that's the key. Just if you show people you care, yeah. you can start a conversation. It's really easy to drop words or anything about your faith into a conversation. And mm-hmm. see, like a fish, a fisherman. If yeah, if they the will bait. take the bait. Yeah, and, wow, and I love yeah. to see that. It's kind of exciting to yeah. see how God works and how He orchestrates these interactions. Well, that's what I was thinking. I think it's so, it can be scary, but when you are obedient, like I'm sure, Barbara, the more you did it, the, it was like right. exhilarating and it exciting. Is. And what it kind is. of conversation am I going to have yeah. now? And yeah. 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 And yeah. it's interesting that you brought up the whole equipping because um, this morning I was kind of. Like looking at certain commentary, like mm-hmm. like that correlates with this scripture, and I seen um, something that kind of struck me as like, wow, that's 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 a good saying. It, it's God doesn't call the equip; He equips the called, and we're all called. We're all called. So I mean, I I thought that was like when she brought up equipped, I'm like, okay, this yep. is. I mean, that's something yeah. that I read this morning. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the word inviting. If you mm-hmm. invited me to come to your house to have dinner, I'd be excited about that. Mm-hmm. I would look forward to it. Yes. Um, I maybe would put on something special to wear, yeah, but I would yeah. be intentional. And so we're getting an invitation, and we should see that as something that we can move forward with with joy and excitement rather than dread. But that's yeah. where the flesh comes in, and yeah. how are people going to respond? My perspective and, is yeah. not right on that. Yeah. So perspective can change yeah. everything if we and look at it as an invitation. The culture we live yeah. in is not, even though we have home beautiful everywhere, mm-hmm. we don't invite people into our homes very no. often. We're 
I've had the privilege of traveling around the world, and I just see different cultures. It's all about people. Yeah. It's all about people. And if somebody just walks in your front door, people just stop for two hours and hang out. They really we do. We would never do that in yeah. America. Right. We would yeah. never do that. So we have to learn how to be intentional in the culture we live in, too. But yeah. be excited about that invitation. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Todd said when it comes to considering lostness, there's three categories that we could fall into. We can be angry, apathetic, or awakened. So can you guys think of times when um, in your walk with the Lord, you've been one or more of these categories? And what's the difference in your life when you are really in an awakened state and feel a personal responsibility for um, to share Jesus with people? Um. I don't know if I've ever been angry. When I think, when he was talking about that, um, anger does not draw people to Jesus. I totally believe that. I guess it do, I'm thinking like anger mad, but I mean, even the way you present it, I guess you can have an angry presentation when your heart might be pure mm-hmm. and you just want to see somebody come into a relationship with Jesus and it can come across as anger. Um so I guess I have to be guarded with that, and I have been in the past, because I know what the truth is, and I just want everybody to know. Yeah, I want them to yeah. know that love and that joy and that peace, but you can come off in a way that is offensive to people yeah. um, rather than loving. Um, so I don't, I don't know, to go through all that, um, I don't really get angry at people. Do, do you, Julie? I mean, um, I, I think, okay, you? so I'll just be real here. <laughs> like I've said <laughs> yeah. on the podcast before that I pulled out of social media for a long time. I mean, I'm back on Instagram now, but not on Facebook. And it was really like at the beginning of the pandemic and the riots were going on and I was watching the election was going on and I was watching tons of news and I was getting angry at like the direction Mm. and how people were expressing themselves and violence or different things. And um, Todd talked about this, how you can get almost this mentality like us against them and you feel so frustrated like this world's going to hell in a handbasket mm-hmm. like you just want to choke people right <laughs> just being honest <laughs> so i have been there before and mm-hmm. i have to recalibrate uh-huh. and like um my enemy is not against flesh and blood right. that's what this is a spiritual battle that's right. which i know that but you know you get caught up sometimes and that's when i made the decision i I'm not getting sucked into all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eliminate that noise and be in the word and be in prayer and look at people as people and souls and not like necessarily their um, worldview. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I have to separate someone's right. worldview from their who they are, that they are, God loves them and stuff like that. So I've definitely been there before. Um, I feel like I've been in every state. There's Mm -hmm. been times um, where I've realized I've fallen into apathy a little bit because Mm -hmm. it's like, when's the last time I led someone to the Lord? You just get busy going, doing your thing. And, and, and I am in caught in a Christian bubble a little bit because I work with believers, I'm in ministry with believers. So a lot of time my focus can be discipleship, discipleship to people that are already right. saved. Right. And I'm not in um I'm I'm not in proximity to a lot of mm-hmm. unbelievers. Mm-hmm. So that could be a thing. But um I was thinking back and like when I think about a time when I just like very awakened um 
much like Todd said, I remember like whenever I was in my late 20s and throughout my 30s, we lived in a neighborhood, which now we live out on land. So it's really, (laughs) it's really hard, like because it was part of my life every day in the neighborhood. And we moved down here in Georgia um, one month before 9-11 happened. Mm. So when that happened, I was like high alert, like on like, so I mean, I was, I did not give a rip if people thought I was cuckoo. Like I would send out, I would pass out flyers in the neighborhood to have prayer meetings. I would like, I had Bible studies in my home. I invited everyone. I've led people to the Lord with tracks in my neighborhood. Like it was just a lifestyle and it was all the time. And so I just know that that's not necessarily happening right now. I feel like my kids are grown, they're out of the house, so I don't have housefuls of people anymore. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we live out in the country, I don't have neighbors like mm-hmm. that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm struggling a little bit. I definitely see a difference mm-hmm. um, from other seasons of my life. I turn to Ephesians 6, right before you said that verse, mm-hmm. because this is a spiritual <clears throat> battle. Mm-hmm. And I think that God has really softened my heart not to be angry at people mm-hmm. because this is a battle. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's really going on. I can remember reading Peretti's um, This Present Darkness, mm-hmm. probably back in the early 90s. And he writes this as a novel, but it, he talks about what's going on that we can't see. Like there is a battle yeah. going on. And we're a part of that. And so when we go back to um, Ephesians, this is a battle. The dark against the light. And there's um, a battle for souls. And so it helped to soften my heart mm-hmm. toward people mm-hmm. because they're just living in the culture and yeah. they don't yeah. have Jesus. And, and I'm thankful for people they're who blind. are willing, yeah. but were willing to share the gospel with me yeah. in my rebellion from God yeah. and in my sin. And so who am I to say I'm not going to do that for somebody else? Right. Um, but it's a process, like you're saying. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, Todd, he, I mean, he, the author of Madeline, Lang- is it Langle? Oh, yeah, I have that quote. I mean, yeah. I, I... Do you um, have it? Yes, I do, and I'd love to like yeah, go ahead and read that. that. It says, We draw people to Christ not by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. That hit me so yeah. hard because I've been in... Uh, Let's put it this way. I've had all the seasons and sometimes like all in one day. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. I could oh, be yeah. arguing my point in mm-hmm. anger and then just being like, okay, well, you know what? You don't want to listen to it. Then whatever. <laughs> that's my the apathy. <laughs> like, I just, right. Whatever. Uh-huh. You choose and that's that. And, um, but that, oh, like having that awakening, that awake, like just being awakened by, you know, what's really going on, like mm-hmm. you said, it, it's like that spiritual battle that's going on in the background that, you know, that's when that, that's when, when this saying right here mm-hmm. that hits, like it hits home, mm-hmm. you're not going to get anywhere by anger mm-hmm. or angry talking or mm-hmm. arguing your point mm-hmm. and yeah. debating. I mean, it's just literally, you have to show them what it is that Jesus has to offer with your life. Yeah. And um, I'm learning that now as I'm getting mm-hmm. older, so... In 1989, I surrendered my life to Jesus' Lordship, and in December of 91, um, I was asked to share my testimony in women's um, luncheon or something. I didn't even know what a testimony was mm. um, at all, and I went into the scripture because my husband was not walking with the Lord at the time, and it goes along with what you're saying, and God took me to 1 Peter 3.1, wives in the same way submit your 
be submissive to your husband so that if any of them do not believe the word, they be, may be won over without words mm-hmm. by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence in your lives. And that really impacted me at that time to um, live it out loud, live it out loud, because you want everyone to question, why do you have such peace and hope and joy? Exactly what you're saying, yelling at them is not going to do a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so um, the fact of the matter is, though, it can be hard to reach people in our culture (laughs) today. So what are some barriers that you've encountered and what's worked in your experience? Like, what what are some, like, just practical tools or tactics that you've used that have worked or haven't worked when trying to share Jesus with someone you know is an unbeliever? Anything? For me, (laughs) for me, that's what I'm still learning right now. I'm kind of like in that place where um, I now I know that anger or or debates mm-hmm. is not gonna do the it's not gonna do the it's not gonna do the job. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. gonna cut it. Yeah. Um I know now, like I've known, but I just like I see it more mm-hmm. just every year that passes by that it's by my life, the way I'm living it out, mm-hmm. that's what's gonna draw the people to mm-hmm. to Christ. It's not mm-hmm. gonna be anything I say. But, you know, we also have it played out in our heads, like how this should go. I'm going to see a lost person and I'm going to go up to them and share Christ. And they're going to be like, yes, I want that. And you're like, let's say the prayer. And, you know, you think all of this and that's how you play it out in your head. But it's those little seeds that you're planting along the way, just showing um, just an attitude of gratitude and Mm -hmm. just showing just just being, you know, showing mercy to somebody or, you know, just just doing the everyday yeah. things that we we as Christians should be doing. Those are the little seeds that are being watered by by you know by the Lord, and that's what's growing people. That's what's going to save people. It's not you know leading them to the prayer of you know doing yeah, saying the prayer right. of salvation and yeah. then that's it. Right. So it's just how you walk it out. Everybody's in a process, Mm -hmm. and I think they say the average person who comes to Christ hears it or experiences a believer seven times before Mm -hmm. they um, actually accept Christ Mm -hmm. for their self, and so we have to be thankful for being the seed planner, Mm -hmm. the waterer, whatever Mm -hmm. part we play. Mm -hmm. Tanya and I are both from New York, and so um, we tend to have more of an abrasive approach sometimes, I think would be a good way, and God has really helped me through that. Um, I have a – my dad, he – not confrontational at all, Mm -hmm. has loved Jesus his whole life, and he will not debate. And I have always been a deep, deep thinker. Mm -hmm. And I can remember one time um, asking him some question about, well, why did God even um, make Satan or allow Satan to live? Mm -hmm. And he just looks at me and he goes, why do you even think those questions? And I'm like, well, (laughs) why do you not? I don't understand. Why do you not? And I just wanted to dig in deep with him, and he wouldn't do it. So... To me, you have to find that balance because yeah. he just wants to live it totally and then not talk about it at all. Um, and we do have to talk and we do have to live it in front of people. Um, we had a fire pit in our backyard in Florida and we'd sit back there and people would walk by our fence and they'd yell at us and sometimes we'd invite them in. And then on one day, I'm like, why don't we move our fire pit to our front yard? And we set up a little cozy area and you talk about people coming that's genius. They yes. just came. My kids were like, why do we have our fire pit in the front yard? <laughs> <laughs> and we actually had a lot of older couples in our neighborhood. We'd been there for 23 years. And as everybody aged, families moved out. And we got all these 
couples who were actually living together because mm-hmm. of financial reasons, mm-hmm. but in their 60s and 70s. And two of a couple down the street, they would actually drive their car because they couldn't walk. And they would just drive down five houses to oh, our house so that goodness. they could come and sit at the fire pit. And so it was it's kind of like the bless, which we haven't gotten to yet, but um, just inviting and making that environment yeah, there to yeah. develop the relationships. And so in our neighborhood, we were the first ones who would get the knock on the door when stuff happened. Wow. And I can remember one ten o'clock at night, this next-door neighbor comes running over, and she's banging on the door. She says, Barbara, if you've ever prayed in your life, you need to pray now because someone a tragedy had just happened mm-hmm. on the other side. And so people would see it, mm-hmm. and they would know that there was something different mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's definitely what I noticed in my neighborhood, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting that you said a couple things. You said this statistic that they have to encounter seven believers before. So that was one of the things that I thought I was thinking of a barrier is that like in America, especially in the South, in the Bible Belt, I feel like everyone thinks they already know enough about Jesus. Mm. Like, and so they kind of stop you before, like they don't, yeah, 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 I know. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. And you're like, but wait, no, you don't know. (laughs) But there's more. There's more. (laughs) Yeah. And then the whole culture thing. So I was talking to some staff members where um, we were having conversation around evangelism. And I told them that I saw this comedy clip that I was dying. And it was all about like, um, Back in the day, 20 years ago, when we were all grown up, like the doorbell would ring, like nobody had cell phones, nobody called ahead, you would just stop by and everyone was so excited and they're like, company's here and you know, and he, oh gosh, he gave like- Sebastian Menescal. Yes. Like the kids would slide to the door in their socks and so excited and mom would get the intimates out and and I'm like, this he's literally like this is what happened, you know? Yeah. And now it's you are like, what am I doing here? I didn't call first. And everyone's like hiding, looking right. through blinds, like, what in the world? What could they want? Why are they here? It's we're such freaks now. Like, what is wrong with them? That is sad. But I think that's a that's something that's going on here in America. I don't think in like no, it's, it's American. Yeah, it's right. American. It is American. And I have been deliberate not to be that way. I yeah. just open up my house. Yes. My next door neighbors are in their eighties and they're the same way. She, I was just walk putting my bike back walking between our properties and she said hey i gotta ask you a question and so she said i wanted you to talk to me about this ministry you work with and i'm like all right um she said um i was like i'm off on tuesday and then i thought uh this is jerry and she doesn't have a whole lot to do Uh jerry what are you doing right now we sat on her porch for two oh. hours. We just sat on the porch for two hours. And I think we're missing that in our culture. Just we, that yes. being comfortable and real with people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and just pretenses. Pro- like, why do we have to? We are overscheduled already. And yeah. then we make relationships like a yeah. schedule, a calendar. Yeah. I was just talking to a group leader yesterday that she was saying, like, one of the best seasons of her life where she lived in an area where, like, she met this woman. And, and one day they were like, let's get for coffee. And you know, get together for coffee. And she said, well, what are you doing right now? And she's like, well, I got to run some errands. Well, where are you going? Like named all the places. She's like, well, I got to go there too. Let's go shop. Let's go run errands together. And they just like did it, you know, But I remember that's how it used to be. Right. That's how it, that's how it, that's how my parents did things. Like I don't, and I don't understand like why everything has got to be scheduled now. I don't know what happened. 
Even if we're too busy. Can I call you? Can I call you right now? Or let's talk. My friends in Florida, okay, I have next Thursday from 8 to 9. Literally, we do this with each other. Yeah. But that goes back to that acronym, busy. I learned this when emails were brand new. Okay. They were brand new. I got this email, and the acronym for busy I learned was being under Satan's yoke. And in this um, little story that came with it was Satan telling his minions to go out throughout the world and keep them busy. Keep them busy. Mm -hmm. And this is how old it is. Mm -hmm. It says, fill their VCRs with VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. Send them to Disney World so when they come back from their vacation, Mm -hmm. they're exhausted. Keep them busy with even good things that they're doing for other people so that you can sever that relationship they have with the Lord instead of them deepening who they are as a believer they're deepening their relationships or their activities that really mean nothing Mm -hmm, fill their coffee Mm -hmm. tables it was with like the big the coffee table books yeah yeah. and just have them doing things that distract them from that relationship with god Mm -hmm. and then that obviously is going to distract them from the relationship with people um that have importance and value to, to share their life and their the gospel with them yeah, yeah. I think and that's that why it's so hard me. to get people in groups because they don't. They're like, I don't have time for have time. community, yeah. right? For biblical community to do life. It's with a ploy other of the enemy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a ploy of the enemy. It's, it goes back to that spiritual battle that we're in the middle of. It yeah. really does. And so, intentional and deliberate. We need to be intentional and deliberate. We need to turn things around, girls. Wow, <laughs> wow, like, wow. We have to have, feel ooh. broken and burdened. That's where that awakening comes for people. Yeah. How yeah. do we get broken and burdened? I can remember being challenged years ago. Uh, my daughter, her youth pastor in middle school, um, he said to her, you are not broken by your sin. And when she shared that with me, I was like, wow, I need to think about that myself mm-hmm. because we're commanded to go mm-hmm. and we're commanded to share. And I'm not broken <laughs> for my disobedience mm-hmm. or broken for those who don't know mm-hmm. him. And so it's a process um, that you, we can step into with great joy when we feel that invitation mm-hmm. and know he's going to equip us mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. pray for those opportunities. For those opportunities. Yeah. Okay, so this that made me think of another. I was also looking up a commentary in um, the ESV Bible. Okay, so and it said, um, Jesus's words, fishers of men, recall Jeremiah 16, 15 to 17, where fishers and hunters of men will call people back from idols to God after yep. judgment has occurred. And this happens in context of in the context of purification and will mm. include Gentiles. Mm. So yeah, that just kind of goes into what you're saying, like bringing us to a point where, you know, he says, repent and believe. Repentance has to take place. Yeah. We have to look at our sin. And as we repent, then also just grieve other, you know, when we yes. see other people, instead of, um, we're not judge. But if we can have a burden for sin Mm. in other people's lives and the lostness and that they are, if they're they're deceived, you know, it's a motivation to share the truth and lead people. I love, one of my favorite um, verses in the Bible is um, when it says that God and his kindness leads us to Mm. repentance. Because I think a lot of times we think, and or maybe... Other people think repentance has such a, like a bad content. It's like yeah. a, you know, like he's condemning. just like hammer, yeah, yeah. Con- condemning. condemning. Um, 
but the fact of the matter is when we repent, we're sent, we're set free yeah. and, um, he offers forgiveness and, um, and grace and mercy. And so, yeah, I think that our perspective on a lot of that, it's like how we approach people mm-hmm. with the thought of repentance and, yeah. you know, what that can mm-hmm. look like right. and, you know, why God wants to purify us from sin. So, um, you had brought this up briefly, but Todd shared the Westridge evangelism evangelism strategy of bless, B-L-E-S-S. So what did you guys think about that? Had you heard of it before? Have you ever tried to apply it? Was it new information? It was new for me, um, but very, um, like, I'm glad that he brought it up and I was able to learn because that B in the the whole BLESS Mm -hmm. acronym, I mean, begin with prayer. A lot of the times we don't do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we're just kind of like, you wake up with this uh, like mindset, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I want to be used, but you don't, you're not specific in in Mm -hmm. what way you don't, you know, and when things don't go go your way, you're kind of like discouraged about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty, I thought it was pretty... So it, just as a reminder for listeners, um, B is begin with prayer. L is listen. Um, listen to people that God brings in your path. E is eat. Break bread with them. S is serve. And then the last S is share. Share your story. So it's basically about um, taking the time to build relationships mm-hmm. with people. You know, we people are not a box to be checked. Like, there are times... 100% there are times the Holy Spirit might lead you to just approach someone and share the gospel. Right. And That's it's rare. A, like, but it's very rare. Mm-hmm. And it's rare that anyone's going to engage in that. And like you said, right there and then pray to receive Christ because mm-hmm. you're a stranger and right. they don't know you and they don't trust you and they don't, you know, right. um, it can happen. But the majority of the time, evangelism is going to take place and you're going to see the fruit of it when you take the time to build a relationship with someone. So um, I love that just being intentional about like waking up and saying, Lord, who is Brian? uh, Pastor Brian has talked for years about who's your one, who is, who is the one person, you know, that doesn't know Jesus that you're praying for, that you are, you know, engaging with and just praying for opportunities. Lord, bring people into my life, bring people today, help me to encounter people today. Um, that don't know you and and help me to interact with them and you know and lead me in that and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's the old saying: people don't care how much you know mm-hmm. until you show how much they you, you care, care. Mm-hmm. that you care about them. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, you open up that relationship, um, and then people can see as they experience your life how mm-hmm. God's worked in you and changed you. And then it just becomes natural to share. Um, I think Todd said that it's so powerful when our sacrifice, like of our time and our efforts and to build relationships when it intersects with their need. Mm -hmm. And that can only be God, that he brings those stories together like that. But we have to be willing. We have to be obedient. Um, And we can even do it with joy and excitement. 
um, because it's kind of interesting to see what he's going to do and how he is going to bring our lives together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I said, I'm not a big foodie, so I don't do the whole eating thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you come to my house, you're getting um, crackers. Some, <laughs> well, you can, I, I might have spaghetti. That's about the max. Um, seasonal life, I did that, done that. My kids are all healthy, so I did it right, I guess, at some point. But the fire pit, um, mm-hmm. just building relationships by just helping each other in the yard. How many people yeah. used to do that? I mean, yeah. always. They, people used to help each other in their home. Hey, I need to borrow this tool. Well, what are you working yeah, on? Come yeah. on over and can you help me do it? Yeah. We don't do that anymore yeah. like we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to look for those opportunities. You know, I just, you saying that, I think there's like, our culture is struggling with a spirit of selfishness. Oh, and yes. doesn't it say in the end oh, times right. that they will be lovers of self? Yes. Exactly. Yes. They will be lovers of self. And I just think that, you know, that's that's another way that Satan absolutely gets it's just about me it's mm-hmm. just about what i have what can you do for me yeah what can you do for me and that's that's a that's a big one because it's like they're looking at us like oh look at this person that's right. you know trying to be holier than thou and mm-hmm. you know trying to show me like the way mm-hmm. and you know it's just kind of like that's a big wall where kind of like that i seem to run into all the time but this is the opportunity when i say this is why we need Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is why I need him. Right. You need him. We mm-hmm. all need him. It's not just a religious thing. It's we need a savior. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, it's the best way is to show your, like, how imperfect and vulnerable yes. you are. Yeah, yeah. That's, Be real. That, reaches, yeah. that being real, yeah. that's yeah. what real. reaches people yeah. more than debating scripture and debating this and that and beliefs. And, you know, you just want to show people you care about them and be real with them. Yeah. I do, I have grown, um, you know how you gave the example of you and your dad and how you just were, you had all the questions and your dad was just like, mm-hmm. because, you right. know? Well, I used to be very much like your dad. I always say that I have a very childlike faith. I, I always say, I'm, I'm just a simple girl, guys. <laughs> Everyone, I'm just a very simple girl over here. You and, used to be. You're not anymore. Well, I am, and uh-huh. I am a simple girl. <laughs> I am a simple girl. And I just have a childlike faith, so I would... I remember specifically having friends like, it's funny now because like Tanya's a nurse. We have another friend that we're in a group with that's a nurse. And they're just like those scientific minds and it drives them mm-hmm. crazy. They have to dig, dig, dig. And I would be like, well, because the Bible says so. <laughs> like, what, what's exactly. the problem? You know? And yeah. um, I think there, I can see times when I would have conversations with unbelievers that had genuine questions mm-hmm. like you did oh, right. and i was probably very annoying and frustrating to them because i'm like just just because <laughs> just believe like i don't know what to tell you and now they're very like gag me and now i feel like i um and as i've grown and matured i've learned because now and like it's funny because the three of us were always wrestling like oh, my yeah. god yeah. like how what Dude. the heck like this is you're making me crazy and we wrestle with the scriptures and so i think now i've learned that that's okay yeah mm-hmm. like to give people space to doubt and to question and not to believe and i think i'm i've gotten better at entering into those conversations where it doesn't like freak me out or i don't know how to yeah. like go there with people mm-hmm. and so it's a little bit where it used to maybe be a barrier. Now I'm like, okay, let's talk mm-hmm. about it. Let's look. Let's, and you know what? I don't know. That is, cr- I know it's, it makes your brain want to right. explode. But it's fun but, to dive into the word it, then yeah, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah. I think people would be more receptive if you took that approach than yeah. just 
Well, just you just gotta believe that because yeah. the Bible says exactly. it. You yeah, know? I mean, exactly. That's, yeah, you know, you want to be able to relate to them. Yeah, and say yeah. I thought about I thought yeah. about that too, and you know, let's. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's just wait till we get to heaven exactly. and we'll find out. But it's not going to determine my. It's not going to determine my faith in him and my love for it like you right. have to make a determination there's going to be things that you don't understand and make you crazy mm-hmm. but as far as the essentials right, right. did exactly. jesus come did he die for your sins right. did he raise again is he who he says he is if right. you can determine that mm-hmm. then you can think through all those other things for your whole rest of your right. life right. you know what right. i mean and that's it. They they become my heaven questions that yes. I have written in my Bible. Yes. And it's kind of fun. And like sometimes you get the answer. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't. Right. But it's fun. And when you get with somebody else who has them and then you can wrestle together. But that's not determining who I am in Christ. Exactly. Yes. It's just the extra. That's it's right. just the extra. And I think God makes some of us like that. And it's okay. Like you're saying, it's okay to have questions. Yep. Yep. Very good. Well, this was good. Yes. This was good to talk about. I love, I think, I just, I feel like a cultural shift should be Barbara Hightower's <laughs> advice to put your fire pit in the front yard. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. There you that's, go. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, I genius. think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there you go, everyone. Mm-hmm. We're going to start a new trend. (laughs) Well, my other thing is my um, temporary tattoo that I wear. Oh, yeah. And it's called the witness tattoo, and it is just five little symbols. Um, I'm not a tattoo person, but I put this on. um, It stays on for a couple weeks, so I can move it around depending on what season it is and what kind of clothes I'm wearing. So right now it's on my hand, and it is the gospel. And you can tell the gospel in 30 seconds, or you can take 20 minutes to tell the gospel Mm. with it. And it brings up so many conversations. Yeah. So many. And. and about, I'm so deliberate about, about it. Too several times, I'm like, maybe yeah. I need to do that. Yeah, <laughs> because it does. It does. It bring does. Up the conversation. And I'm talking from three year olds to eighty year olds. Yeah, it doesn't matter where I am. I can be in a grocery store. I was working with um, another teacher the other day. She was in her sixties. Mm-hmm. She asked me about it. Um, somebody down at the park um, who was taking pictures, and I was talking to him, and he's probably in his forties, and it just strikes up conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, kind of deliberate to like yeah, yeah, yeah. show it and like I don't hide it yeah. because yeah. I want those conversations yeah, yeah but I mean there's just I've practical seen when tools people have get, like intentionally get tattoos that, that you don't you can't read they're in like right. Chinese or something and they're like well what does that mean uh huh and mm-hmm. then they're like, you know, they just say some random philosophy. Right. I don't know, like right. something. But I'm thinking that's a great way to right. bring up the gospel. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I think in America, we have so many resources. We have so many tools mm-hmm. that we can use that mm-hmm. make it easy. I had made um, a note um, that said the disciples had it so much harder than we do to advance mm-hmm. God's kingdom. Uh, but they did it through their obedience, their trials, and their mm-hmm. commitment. And as I was thinking that through, and we have it so easy in yes. America to share mm-hmm. the gospel, mm-hmm. maybe too easy. And yeah. maybe that yes. might be part of the problem. Um, in yes. Jacksonville, Florida, where we came from, and I think it was like a 5.3-mile sh- um, length of this main road, mm-hmm. our pastor went and counted, and there were like 33 churches on that road. And so I think sometimes my mindset, oh, everybody here hears it. Everybody here knows, but they don't. Mm -hmm. They don't. I had um, this woman who asked me about this the other day in her 60s. She said to me, and she comes from a faith base. She said to me, do you know how rare it is to find somebody who believes like you do? She said, this culture is so gone and it depends, her words to me were, it depends on how you are raised, what you are taught in your home. Mm-hmm. 
she was not believing in Jesus. She's walked away because mm-hmm. of what she has come to learn about our culture. And it's mm-hmm. where you're raised. And she says, everything points to God. And that person who was raised with this religion, uh-huh. they believe that as strongly as you believe what you believe. Right. And I said, yeah, yeah so but it, it all comes back to Jesus. And you have to look at what Jesus did. Right. And he's the one that makes the difference. So we right. can, those conversations start from these little things, these little things. And she took my number down. Wow. And we were just, that was a one-time That's encounter. Wow. Um, yeah, that was a one-time encounter. So we're going to keep talking. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you guys for being here today. Thanks for Thank having, you for me having us. us. Yeah. Inspiring. Yeah. It we is. all, Lord, help it's us just... to get to the awakening stage and, yes. and stay there. And be excited about yes, it with be joy. Be excited yes. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you to all of our listeners for taking the time to join us today. If you think others would be encouraged by the conversation, please share this episode or they can go to westridge.com slash podcast and subscribe on any platforms they're listening to. Until next time, we hope you have a great week. And as always, know that you are loved. You've been listening to the After Message edition of the Westridge Podcast. Join us next week for another engaging conversation.